there. I'm really happy you're joining us today for another great episode of the Turnbuckle Report. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. It's it's a lovely rendition of beautiful things to come and wrestling. Though wrestling can be a bit violent, but boy, we sure do enjoy it here. Namaste. I really hope you enjoy it. Bye-bye now. Hey, folks, this is the guy, Chad. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Potomac, and more to come. You can catch us every Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And stay healed, baby. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. I'm your host, Leland. With me tonight, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? Cocktail. That's what's up. That's all that needs to be said. That is it. And to my immediate left, Josh, the dogcast father himself. What's up, my man? What is going on, my dude? I'll tell you what's going on. It's the cocktail show. I've been... Sipping on the bubbly, getting ready for what's coming at, coming at us tonight. What are you guys mm, drinking? Mm, mm. Uh, I had a Rocky Mountain Blue Moon. Rocky is that like the John Denver version? You know, <laughs> I it just felt that right by calling like it a Rocky edition. Mountain Blue Moon. I couldn't think of anything clever, so I said Rocky Mountain Blue Moon. Colorado Rocky Mountain Blue Moon. Rocky Mountain Blue Moon. Isn't that weird that he's saying so much about Colorado, but he was from West Virginia? That's weird to me. (laughs) Oh, Josh said something. What? Speaketh, Josh. Thank you for calling upon me, sir. What I was going (laughs) to tell you was the fact that I am indubitably drinking a Florida's own Bud Light Celsius Strawberry. Ooh. The strawberry. Celsius. You switched over to the strawberry. You uh, you just slammed a mango right before we got on air, right? I did. So I I, I gotta admit, mango. I gotta admit, on the last show, I was like trashing the Bud Light seltzer. I have a case sitting in my fridge right now. I have not tried it yet, but uh, it's the variety pack. So I'm pretty excited to see. What's your favorite one so far? I really dig the strawberry one, but I love the mango. The lemon lime's a little weird because it tastes like a like a like like a sprite, and then it has an aftertaste of beer to it though. So you're like, like mind fucks with your mind, and then the black black cherry's all right. That's the only one I've had. Is the black cherry? I thought it was uh, a very, very good seltzer, seltzer uh, version. It, it definitely is. It's good. Well, you guys, like folks, you probably noticed we we take a little more time talking about our sippy sips on our cocktail show because uh, you're already late to the show. If you haven't had a few drinks in you already by the time you're listening to this, you're you're late into the you're late to the party. Uh, we're pretty we're pretty buzzed up right now. We're enjoying some wrestling. We're enjoying some singing. Before we got on air, we were uh, you know singing some did some ditties, just getting ourselves in the mood for this lovely show. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah, you got that lovely show. It's an inner zen, really, that I tap into, and it makes me feel good. It's like a cross between Ross Perot and uh, the the Dalai Lama. That's where I feel uh, right now. I ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it. it. Basically, I really enjoy saving trees, but then drilling for oil at the same time. It's a weird mix. <laughs> what the uh, frack? 
Uh, what the frack and frack? Chemicals yeah. in the ground. Dun, 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 dun. Cocktail episodes already cocktail and Leland already, man. He's, he's I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, guys. I, you know what, you know what I really like about these cocktail shows is we only take like a few episodes. Of, or wow, woo, easy for me to say. We only chill, take chill, a chill. few items to talk about, and we really dig deep and make fun of it, and I enjoy that. So it's funner to script these shows. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Do you want to know what I want to make fun of? I yeah, I want you to get into it. What do we make? What do you want to make fun of? <laughs> You notice, like, Shayna Baszler, like, she's just trying to act so fucking badass, but when she talks, her voice just isn't intimidating. She's, like, yes. trying to intimidate Becky Lynch, but she's, like, got one of those voices, she's like, and I, so, you're just not, you're just gonna get beat up by me. Just, you're just gonna die. I'm like, she has one of those faces that she's like, I, I bit your neck like a vampire. <laughs> she's oh. vampiro. <laughs> she's I bet you hated that didn't you like I'm just like not convinced that she is evil what is she Mr. Rogers I bet here's the thing folks I bet you really hated when I bit you in the head. <laughs> oh look at who it is it looks like it's you again I'm gonna have to bite your neck okay let's go ahead and put it up on I'm gonna have to open picture. my mouth and give both of my canines right into that vein right underneath here Go ahead and sit right there, okay? <laughs> Won't I drink my neighbor? <laughs> Won't I drink it's about as intimidating oh as it gets God. right there. Like She's got that mean look, but that's exactly what she sounds like. She's like, I bet you enjoyed it. <laughs> See you next time, friend. She's all... So, okay, so here it is. She's glaring into the camera for like five minutes and, you know, spittle and blood is dripping <laughs> down her chin. And she, then all of a sudden, hey, hey, Becky. I bet you didn't like it when you got bit, did you? Because it hurts. I've been bit myself. I have, and it hurts. I know it. That's why I know what I'm saying right now, and I'm legitimate. Yeah, it's kind of like Mike Tyson, right? He was he was big and burly and mean, and then you heard him talking. You're like, yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm gonna knock this bitch out, and uh, you know that's okay because I I love everybody. Peace, one love, dog. <laughs> yeah, I had to throw that in there right away because she just. Anytime she speaks, I'm just not convinced that she's tough. When she wrestles and you look at her, as long as she doesn't open her mouth, she's very convincing. But as if she talks, I just lose all of that. I'm like, okay, you, as long as you're not on the mic, you're good. You're good. But Becky seems tougher than you when she pe- speaks, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be the other way mm-hmm. around. Well, she's the Irish last kicker. Come on. Yeah, I guess. She's tough. She's tough. I try not to look at Shayna Baszler ever. So it's it's really a tough world for me to live in. Yeah, well, and even then her teeth are a little messed up so that, you know, like in the back of Becky's neck now, she's not going to have this even bite mark now. She's going to have to live with that. That's fucked up. Well, if we're talking about things that are broken, how about Matt Hardy's neck? What is RKO uh, doing? Why is he going around breaking everybody's neck? This isn't nice. These aren't good he things. Too. He's a freaking viper, okay? He's a snake. He's just a slippery yeah. snake. I shoot snakes, and they have never once jumped up and said, "I'm a, I'm a snap your neck." Is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> That's because you've never met more shame a viper. Answer. I feel like this entire episode is gonna be a cross between Ross Perot, the Dalai Lama, and Mister Rogers for me. So I'm just warning you guys. It's all Shana Baszler's voice. It's all Shana Baszler. She's gonna be, she's gonna be stuck in my head all night now. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. Yeah, no, so really, uh, I mean, Randy Orton, is like huh? he just wants to uh, 
just make sure Matt Hardy can never walk again for the rest of his life. So he's like, oh, you want to go to AEW, huh? Well, you ain't walking out to AEW if I have anything to say with it. Mr. Chair, go! Breaks yeah, but isn't head. it crazy how much heat he's getting and he's not saying a word? It's, it's Man, I and he's selling like, it pretty good, though, isn't he? Yeah, I feel like this is all a big joke. Like, I'm I, sorry! I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> I didn't mean to break your fucking neck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like he looked at everybody in the locker room and they're like, guys, you want to see how you get real heat? Watch this. I won't say a word. And he, <laughs> he just goes and breaks their neck and then just acts like he has a problem with it. And... Uh, <laughs> That's how he, he did it. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's, he's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit. Seriously, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do about it? Huh? <laughs> I said I was sorry. Shit. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Fuck your neck. Get over it. Meanwhile, at the Hardy compound, Matt Hardy sinks seriously in his wheelchair as his neck has been broken by the RKO Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, oh, I could listen God. to you do that the whole show. Later that day, he was also seen with playing soccer with his son <laughs> that no one knew he had. It's all a farce. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, meanwhile, Shayna Baszler. So you hurt so your we, neck, huh, Becky? When are we going to see Edge back? Oh, man. I forgot about the rated R superstar. Already. His, his Already. neck is broken. Hey, you know what? That brings up a good point. Like, having him away too long after that great pop he got at Royal Rumble, is that hurting the character? It's a waste, yeah. Yeah, it's a waste of opportunity. That's that's raw. That's raw in general, just a waste of opportunity. That's Edge. He's coming back. But when? (laughs) Find out next time. (laughs) And that's the promo they run every Monday. (laughs) Every Monday. Is Edge here? Not this time. Maybe you think you know me? Week Not on Raw. <laughs> you think you can find me, but you can't. <laughs> oh, you think you only... saw me? Nope, 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 nope. Where is Edge? I am waiting for him to show up on Raw. Where the fuck's Edge? <laughs> what the fuck's Edge? We're all waiting. Oh, man. Hey, oh, wow. hey, here's that another thing that's a joke on Raw. If, if oh. you guys heard this one, MVP was a squash. <laughs> he wasn't so valuable after all. Are you Johnny Carson all of a sudden? Hey, I got a weird wild one here. Have you heard this one? <laughs> you guys heard this yet? Did you hear, Did you hear I Drew McIntyre turn MVP into a squash match? <laughs> So get this, guys. MVP says he has his last match he's ever going to have on Raw. The next fucking week shows up, has the most valuable player podcast, whatever thing he does. That turns out to be a joke. And then he fights the guy the next week. What are we, what are we watching here? Could someone cue the laugh track? Weird, wild stuff. Wild. Just, Just wild. The wild every week. Oh, man. Cocktail episodes, man. Sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry, Oh, cocktail episodes are the best, aren't they? (laughs) Weird, wild stuff. Hey, hey, kids. Have you heard about the mailman? Have you heard about this one? This just (laughs) Welcome to Wacky and Wild Monday Night Raw, where Edge is never going to be seen and our plot lines have holes. (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing decent to watch is Charlotte Flair. 
Oh, not okay, anymore. Okay, yeah. Speaking of Charlotte Flair, not anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Like I was trying to segue. I'm trying to get through. I'm trying to get through our fucking script tonight, and it's we're we're struggling, but we're gonna do it, dude. The Charlotte Flair thing's blowing my mind. So what doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. is so now are they moving her to NXT to taking her off the main roster, or is this their way of trying to make NXT an actual brand? And they're waiting on Charlotte Flair. They're like depending on Charlotte Flair to be the face that carries that brand. Hmm. Uh, I can't tell if she's just trying to get Rhea Ripley over, or if she's legitimately going to win this belt at Mania and just like have people like lose their shit that Charlotte Flair is back on NXT. I, I really don't know. Well, no matter That's what a great happens, question. no matter what happens at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley's going to get over. Whether she retains the belt or Charlotte gets it, either way, just by her being in the ring with Charlotte, she'll she'll get over. Um, but it's you're seeing Shayna Baszler now, and nobody's made any any uh, attempt to say that oh they're switching brands, which I thought since the draft nobody was supposed to be able to do that. But you see Shayna Baszler now on Raw, and you're seeing Charlotte on NXT. Let's say they go through with that. Are you guys cool with that switch? I feel like uh, Shayna might just get buried. You know, it's going to turn into Shayna being like in the in the back going, uh, does, does anybody need their neck bit this week? No? Well, I totally agree with no? that, but would you watch okay. Would you watch NXT more? Uh, I think that's kind of the point. You get, you know, if you get more Finn Balor involvement with Charlotte Flair on NXT, you know, and then they get out of full sale, which it looks like that's happening. Yeah, hell yeah. I'd probably watch a hell of a lot more NXT. I mean, I think that's the direction they're going, right? So they're going to start incorporating more main roster people into NXT. You know, they teased that with Seth Rollins. It didn't happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they're trying to build some heat there. And, yeah, I mean, if that's how they're going to make that into an official third brand, yeah, why not? Why not? So, Josh, for you, let's say that they move in this direction. Charlotte Flair becomes the new NXT women's title holder, women's champ. A year from now... They come. They come back to Portland, do another takeover. Are you going to that one? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I definitely would. So that's what a Charlotte Flair does to that brand. Oh yeah, because you NXT weren't even you weren't even thinking about you weren't good. even thinking about buying a ticket to that, were you? Um, I was debating it, but not really. No. I mean, it turned out to be an amazing. Uh, it did show. It definitely oh did. my gosh, it was so good. Turned out, yeah, it definitely That's, turned out to be a it's great the wrestling show. show man, they they do they put on a show. Those those takeovers are always top notch, though. Like, oh, I, Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor just beat the living shit out of each other. It was so. My awesome. friend's dad went there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He liked it. He dressed up as the Undertaker. Oh no oh, shit! Nice. <laughs> yeah. Did he walk up to you and he's like, yeah, have you heard this one, kids? I dressed up like the Undertaker, went to takeover. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. Say hello to your mother. Now I'm Johnny Carson. And Carson. Hey, guys, I'm Johnny Carson. God dang, I can't talk, man. I get too oh much of this uh, drinky drink in Cocktail. me. It's too- Cocktail. Cocktail. Hey, guys, NXT TakeOver uh-huh. was great. Raw, subpar, not that great. Um, like what it. did you feel about SmackDown? What did you feel about knowing the Bella Twins, both pregnant, by the way, going to the Hall of Fame, along with the NWO, along with Josh's boy, the animal, the Bella Twins going to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't already, understand it. Already, already, like, I, I was like thinking about this. I was like, these guys already are getting in the Hall of Fame alongside yeah. NWO. 
I mean, Batista, I get. You know, those guys. I mean, I could see the Bellas before Batista. But the NWO? Come on, man. Sorry, yeah, Josh. I don't understand it. I, I know they've got to fill a card. Um, you know, I heard an interesting argument today about the Hall of Fame. You know, Jim Cornette and the uh, the Midnight Express, they're not in the Hall of Fame. How the hell are they not in the Hall of Fame? You know, that'd be a good that'd be but good the argument, Bellas are. You know? and, th- and that's what I'm getting to is I get you're filling a card. I, I get that. I get you're trying to do a show here. But there are so many other candidates that are perfect for what the Hall of Fame is supposed to represent. I'm not saying the Bellas haven't, I guess, earned it. I, I, maybe I am saying that. I don't future. Know. Future Hall yeah. of Famers. I just don't see it now. And I don't understand the move. I don't understand it. It did not sell me at all. I don't have any beef against the Bella Twins. In fact, I actually love Nikki, and I and I and and though you know that her, uh, you know the fact that she got away from John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'm just kidding. That's not really a thing for me. But uh, he's the Bella's, doing great, uh, uh, by the way. I mean, seriously, that whole thing with John Cena and Nikki Bella, I just that's a whole other show we could handle. But we're not going to do that. But I'll tell you. I don't have an issue with the Bella Twins. Uh, I do see them as future Hall of Famers. I just feel like right now it's too early, and I think you both are right. It was just a way to fill a card for the Hall of Fame. Like, oh, shit, guys, uh, 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 the the Hall of Fame's like four hours, man. We need, like, more people. Well, what's the Bellas doing? Uh, they're pregnant. Fucking sign them <laughs> up, bro. <laughs> they're pregnant. Send it. Why don't you send it? All right. I don't like that they're going in the Hall of Fame before... Like, 50 people I can name should go in the Hall of Fame before them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so the Bella Twins should go in the Hall of Fame before John Cena? No. No. No way in fucking hell. They should go in there before Randy Orton? No. No. But, but, you know, they're... Are they officially retired or unofficially retired? Like, I don't understand what's going on with Nikki and Brie. So they should go in there before even, like, CM Punk then. Oh, that'll be a cold day in hell before he gets in. And, and didn't so? Nikki wrestle longer than Brie? Like, Brie got pregnant. Nikki kind of kept going, was doing, like, singles matches. Uh, although, I guess yeah. to kind of flip that, Brie or Nikki hurt her neck, and Brie was doing a lot of singles match. I guess they kind of both did that. So, I guess there's some yeah. f- fair and evenness there between the two. So, for the both of them to get in at the same time makes sense, I guess. But, again, this soon in the this soon in their careers, I just don't feel like, you know, it's, it's too early for me. And I don't want to beat that to death all night, but uh, for me... Uh, Josh, you're so damn right, man. There's so many other people, and, yeah, and I'm sure I if agree. we really sit and think about it, there's there's a ton of other people that aren't currently in the Hall of Fame that are just sitting there that need to be in the Hall of Fame, and we're worried about the Bella Twins. Like, that just seems foolish to me. Stuff like this is what makes the Hall of Fame a total joke to me, though. You know uh, Donald I mean? Trump, isn't he in the Hall of Fame for the WWE? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. is Drew Carey. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. That's true. It's true. You've got those spots in there that that are for like the celebrity wing or whatever they call it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just an absolute a joke. fucking joke. Snoop Dogg's in there. I mean, Kid Rock. I don't know. Uh, well, about it. so you know they're it, gonna fill. So that makes that makes not individuals, but that makes what three? Uh, we have one individual. Uh, the Bellas, I assume, are going in as a tag team. Yep. And then you've got a faction in the NWO. So you have three slots right now that are filled, basically. Well, that's kind of and my point. And they usually like, do, like, six people. So, I mean, it'll be it's going to be really interesting to see who fills those spots. 
and that was my point. Like you have the NWO legitimately needing to go in. And then yeah, you have overdue. the Bella Twins. Like that just like the the spectrum is so like fucking huge. Like it's weird. It's just weird. Just yeah, and I mean, weird. well, they historically the people that are you know getting inducted in the Hall of Fame, if they have a little bit of gas in the tank still, they try to intertwine them into WrestleMania somehow to get you know some kind of crowd pop. Is there anything they can do? I, I don't think so. I mean, with being pregnant, I mean they can just come out and kind of wave and. And do basically what they did on uh, the Bliss show, but um, yeah, I, I don't much. know. I'm not. I'm not into it, man. I, I and it doesn't move anything forward. Does it doesn't help the Super Showdown. Like exactly. What what, what what on the card for the Super Showdown is this? Them being announced to the Hall of Fame before the Super Showdown. How does that help that pay per view? Like there, there was. I don't. This all feels just stupidly gimmicky as hell. Like, like I felt like SmackDown was a good show until the Bella Twins came out and were being announced for the Hall of Fame. And as much as I enjoy staring at Alexa Bliss doing interviews, I was like, uh, what? The Bella Twins are going to the Hall of Fame? I I guess I was just so out of tune while I was sick for those few weeks, while we, you know, took a little bit of time off from recording that I was just kind of out of the loop. So I didn't check any social media. I know Josh is all over that shit, so I'm sure it's plastered all over our Facebook page. So that just makes me feel even shittier uh, that I'm not aware of this. And I found out through fucking SmackDown that the Bella Twins were getting into the whole thing. Don't worry about it. How many times have I texted you guys like, hey, have you guys heard this? And one of you inevitably reply with, yeah, the the turnbuckle report kind of said that like 12, 12 hours ago. So. <laughs> yeah, we already reported on this, sir. <laughs> so, right. Well, it's a big deal. So there's that. Um, you know, what did you, you guys think a, of SmackDown? Anything anything good come out of that I, show? Other I kind of want to back up. Usos? I want to back up a little bit, uh, not with the brief that the Bella thing, but you bring up a good point about what does this do for Super Showdown? Oh, the Super Showdown, yeah. Why do we even need Super Showdown at this point? Like Saudi we're Arabia. gearing up for WrestleMania. Why do we need this thing? Mm, they just need money. They need money. They need yep. it. Oh, I, I think they're cramming way too much into this. And now we have Goldberg and the Fiend getting after it. Uh, I'm pretty, con- I'm pretty confident Goldberg is your new Universal Champion after next Thursday. What was the deal that Vince made? It was like a 10-year partnership with Saudi Arabia to make sure that they put in at least, what, two or three pay-per-views a year? So Super Showdown being thrown in the mix just seems kind of stupid. I would have just put both of my freaking pay-per-views in the summer unless they've made a deal with Saudi Arabia that they have to have these pay-per-views come out, one in February, one in October. Like, I'm not really sure... I understand that, but they do have a contract with Saudi Arabia that they have to fulfill. So unfortunately, yeah, I get that. I just we're I just getting feel super like showdown before WrestleMania. It's too much. It is. Yeah, yeah, I, a little I bit. Think so too. I think they're trying to like book Super Showdown as like a, a major pay per view when it's just a bunch of horseshit. Because there's no fucking way that Goldberg is going in there and taking that belt unless you guys feel he is. Then I'll. Agree oh, I, to- with I, totally I don't. Think I don't think he, he is. is. I totally think he is. Yeah. You really I think, think Goldberg's Gold- going to take the belt? Yep. Yeah, I do, because I think the character, the Fiend character, is struggling right now because it's not entertaining to see him defend the title. It's entertaining to see him terrorize people in that horrific character. And I think that that's becoming evident. Um, And who better than Goldberg to come, you know, cash in his receipt? Uh, He never got his, and he already referenced it, he never got his rematch. 
So there's his receipt. Now we know why he's coming after the Fiend. Uh, makes sense. I'm glad they, they filled those holes to make sense. Uh, but yeah, I could see this as them taking this their opportunity to um, to get the belt, get the strap off the Fiend, and then we can really see what this character can do. Josh, it kind of sounded like you had something to say. What do you think? Yeah, Josh doesn't like this, I bet. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't really like that whole angle at all. I mean, there's really nothing. I don't know, dude. I think that the fact that they keep bringing back Goldberg is just an absolute waste. I mean, Goldberg's not going to help the Fiend out in any way, shape, or form because the Goldberg has already been dead and buried. If okay. They ruined it when they they finally brought him back. And but you then saw that the fans were over again. on Goldberg, right? So when he came out and the Fiend came out, people were booing the Fiend and were up over on Goldberg. So that's a good sign for Le- what Leland's saying. That's a good sign. That is yeah. great. That's good for WWE that the Goldberg is over and the Fiend is getting booed against Goldberg. So if Goldberg wins the belt, he's going to get a huge pop. Nothing's hurt in the WWE universe. So at least in that fashion, if he does win... Nothing hurts the Fiend character, right? So the Fiend goes back to doing the Fiend thing, and Goldberg's got the belt, and then we see, what, fucking Roman Reigns versus Goldberg at WrestleMania? I mean, mm-hmm. you know. That seems like that's... If Leland, if what you're saying is right, that's that's just too, too fucking predictable, buddy. Like, that's shitty. Well, yeah, I just think that... I, I think that when they missed their opportunity to put the belt back on Daniel Bryan... The crowd reacted to that. I, I don't see the crowd reacting to the fiend with fear anymore. Fucking uh, more booking bullshit. Think about this: when the when the fiend started coming out with that character, and, and even up to about a month ago, when those lights would go off and you knew it was coming, you could feel the vibration in the crowd. I mean, they were getting excited, like, "Oh man, we're gonna see something here." That same scenario happened. Excuse me, it's catching up. That same scenario happened. Goldberg turns around and he's like, let me guess, you're behind me. Totally no-sells it and just kills that character to where the Fiend is now running away from him in fear? What? Wait a second. Now, Okay, now you've got to put the strap on Goldberg just to save this freaking character. And how many times, how many times in, in since we've started this show have we said... You've got to do something to save this character, and we're talking about the fiend, a character that should not need saving. Well, they keep painting themselves into a corner with this character. They've, it, it, you're, you just made a good point. They've now just painted themselves in a corner with Goldberg. Now they have to hand him the title, you know, because you know if he's not afraid of him, he just speared him, and the fiend's running away. We're not getting any heat off of Goldberg for this match. Clearly, he's the face going into it, and the fiend's the the heel. Like, come on. Now you have to give the dude the belt. In fact, once they ring the bell, just fucking hand him the universal title, <laughs> ring it again, and they can both go home without getting hurt. Well, now they're even teasing the Hogan thing. There's 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 <laughs> buzz going around social media right now. Is, is it going to be a Fiend-Hogan match at WrestleMania? I mean, give me a break. Seriously? Uh, I hope not. Yeah, me too. And it's not that I, I wouldn't mind seeing Hogan do something, but... The days of him doing any kind of in-ring work, I mean, that's over. That's over completely. Should be. So, but. you know, I want to bring up something that has is completely over, and it's it's really been grinding my gears. I watched Impact this week, and I don't watch it too often, I'll admit that. But uh, I was I turned it on, Access TV, and it was just about time for their main event. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to stick around. I think it's cool Tessa Blanchard's got the, the heavyweight title. And I'm, I'm going to see what they do with this here. So they go into a uh, six-man tag match. 
that involves just a few people here. It involves Tessa Blanchard, Tommy Dreamer, and uh, they were going up against uh, Ace Austin and a couple other people. I'm not, you know, not going to get into them because I don't have an opinion either way. But one of the things that I really noticed in this, and it made me think about even AEW, made me think about WWE, what finisher finishes somebody anymore? They must have thrown, and one specific thing I'm talking about, Tessa Blanchard threw a DDT, which I've said it before, DDT, my absolute favorite finisher, if done right, throws a DDT on Ace Austin and drops the guy. He pops right back up, no-sells it. Tommy Dreamer throws a DDT on him. Nothing does the same thing. And then they do some big old loop-de-loop and all this other crap, and then finally they beat him. But it got me to thinking, like, there's no finishers anymore. What is there a finisher out there that you know once it gets hit, game over, count at one, two, three? Superman punch, Roman Reigns. No, yeah. not even that. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I mean, I don't, there isn't. I don't think so. There isn't one out there right now because everybody's kicking out of everybody's finisher. When did this start, and why is it continuing? You know, that's crazy you say that, too, because I was just thinking that when I was watching SmackDown when uh, Heath Slater threw a DDT on Daniel Bryan, and Heath Slater threw a really good DDT. It was convincing as fuck. He did, yeah. Like, that shit was good. Um, or, or, you know what? I'm sorry. That wasn't Heath Slater and Daniel Bryan. Uh, that was uh, uh, that was when the New Day were going against uh, Miz Morrison. And uh, I, I want to say... Or maybe I'm still getting mixed up. But anyways, there was a DDT that was thrown really good on SmackDown. I think it was Heath Slater and Daniel Bryan. It was Heath Slater, yeah. Yeah, and and Daniel sold the shit out of it. But he he kicked out of it. When Heath went went to get the cover, he kicked out of it. I was like, oh my fuck, man. Back in the day when uh, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was throwing these DDTs, nobody was kicking out of that shit. You got hit with a DDT, you were fucking done. Done. And guys are kicking out of DDTs like they're, you know, like, you know... It's like fucking Orange Cassidy giving them little tiny kicks on their legs now. Like it's it's no big deal, you know. You get hit with a DDT, you just it's fine. Just well, when I out. when I get back in my way back machine and I start thinking about the wrestling I grew up with, the DDT was one of them. I can remember. I think, and Josh, you could probably correct me on this. <clears throat> WrestleMania, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, WrestleMania eight, maybe it was Jake Roberts and uh, Undertaker. And Taker was the first one to kick out of the DDT. And you could hear the gasp in the crowd. They couldn't believe what they were Air watching. Air was gone no, out of the room. Yeah. You couldn't believe. They, nobody could believe what just happened because nobody's kicked out of that before. If I, if memory serves me right, at least in the WWE, Undertaker was the only one to ever kick out of the DDT. Then you look at Shawn Michaels with his super kick. It used to be when you hit him with that super when he when he hit you with that super kick, one, two, three, game over. How many super kicks? Just look at AEW and look at the Young Bucks. How many super kicks do we see now in one match, and they mean nothing? They're they're the, they're they're equated to a chop on the chest. All except for when uh, I, I think it was uh, uh, during that uh, Royal. Not I want to call it a Royal Rumble match, but it was like a you know they had that uh, at the beginning of AEW where they got everybody in the match. They had that uh, huge I don't know battle royale. Yeah. And uh, who who was it? Was it uh, Nick or Matt that just did that devastating super Sammy? kick to Sammy Guevara? Like 
that shit was so convincing. Nobody, I could imagine nobody was going to kick out of that. In fact, the the memes online was talk. I think it was Matt Jackson who they were saying like, dude is about to be locked up for manslaughter for that super kick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. There's no either Sammy sold the shit out of that move, or he jumped a little bit too far and that that super kick was thrown a little bit too close because he fucking connected, bro. With that super kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, like, bent his knees, like, under him, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, it looked a little nasty. And you know what I think that comes from? A fucking botch. Yeah, it's all over (laughs) the internet for being being good, but I think that was an honest-to-God botch. That's the first thing I thought of when I actually saw it. I I didn't think it was a botch. I actually thought Sammy just sold the shit out of it, but uh, good point. Good point. I don't know, but, you know, that could be, but the way that his legs folded... Underneath him, that's not like a natural fall. Like you don't like naturally let your legs fold like that. You know what I've I mean? I've seen. Well, so Sammy's done that a couple times where he's selling a move and he'll he'll buckle his legs a little bit like that. But you could be right. Like it, it was so fucking convincing, it looked real. So it could have been a real super kick to the face that it just knocked him clear fucking out. You know, because next thing you know, when he's winning the match, I think they were trying to drag Sammy out by his fucking shoulders. Like trying to get him out of right. the ring, so it's it's entirely possible like, he connected. So like so that brings us to our the next point then. Is AEW just selling moves that much better? Or are they just botching moves so slightly that it's making everything seem like they're pulling off the moves that much better? I mean they sold it in the end, right? So I if, think he it's right. if he connected, he I still sold it. I think AEW has got a lot better and a lot tighter in their, their performance. Hey, look at it this way. If you look at the grading scales for Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite this week, Dynamite was the only show that got an A. The other two shows got C's this week on uh, CBS. So CBS Sports is rating the other two shows for WWE as a C. A C grade. And they gave AEW an A+. So kudos to AEW and uh, what they're doing over there. But, Josh, you make a good point, man. Maybe they're just figuring out a way to cover up their botches better. But they're improving week to week. The wrestlers are getting better. The women's matches are getting better. Everything's getting better over there. It it won't be long now that AEW moves to Monday nights. Dynamite. So, we'll see. They are teasing that, and I don't think that's going to work. No, I don't think they're ready to go up against that. does not pull the audience they used to in the fucking 90s. It's not a big enough network to compete against them. They don't have the product... Or the names to draw. I think if they went to Monday Night Raw, they would get fucking destroyed every week. Because they're like, yeah, we could beat Monday Night Raw. We can go head-to-head. We pull in 700,000. Okay? So (laughs) your average is like between 700,000 and 900,000. And Raw, on their shittiest episode, pulls in like 2.3 million? Yeah, but I I think their mindset, the the marketing mindset is we're going to go in there and we're going to split the audience. I feel like... Yeah, but even if... I don't know. Mondays are a different animal, though. Like, Wednesdays might be the reason for that number, though, Josh. Like, that Wednesday night slot might be the reason they're only pulling 900,000 viewers versus getting the the millions because of the the Wednesday night slot versus getting on a Monday night where they might pull over a million or two. And and people might be right. They might split it. They might go a million each. Um, Who knows? They might fail. You You might be right. They might get... You know, they might bomb bad, but... I feel like, I feel like, and you guys can't argue this with me either. Like, I feel like it's the superior show to Raw, of the three oh, shows totally that we watch agree. all week. 
that yeah. show, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about NWA Power or Impact. I'm talking about of those three shows that are on the the major cable networks. They're the superior show, but yeah, I agree. But there is a loyal fan base for WWE because those WWE fans will troll the shit out of that AEW website and talk all the shit they can possibly talk. So WWE has a loyal fan base. They have a loyal following. Good for them. I'm not one of them. And I apologize to our loyal WWE fans that listen to us. I'm not hating on you. Keep coming back to our show. We'll have great content every every Wednesday. Uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, but, uh, <laughs> plug, 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 plug. But, but in all seriousness, that, that's all the WWE's got. And Josh, you're right. I mean, they got that, that huge following. They could fucking bomb on Monday nights. But Leland, you could be right, too. They could split. Well, the only way they really know is if they make the move. Here. Let me add to your argument a little bit here. You're talking about loyal WWE fans that are that are just you know sold out to anything WWE. You have the same thing in AEW. And, and, and what I mean by this, you we witnessed the first cage match um, in Dynamite's history, right? We saw that on Wednesday night. And it was, you know, Cody Rhodes and Wardlow. It was the anticipated. It was a good match. I enjoyed Excellent it. Match. I thought it was. I thought it was a great ending to that show. Um, they did. They did really well with it. I, I like to see a little color early in the match. Good. Good for you, Cody. I loved how Jr. sold it. He's like, well, he got hit right on the the hairline there on the uh, on the cage. Yeah. Okay. He knifed him. Yeah. Yeah. He got knifed. We we know what that what that is there, Jr. Uh, but thank you, old buddy. Appreciate it. What I mean by all this, that match was okay. It was a good match. It wasn't the best cage match I've ever seen. It wasn't excellent, but it was good. But if you listen, it had a good finish. But if you listen to AEW fans in these loyalists, um, which sometimes people I think would accuse me of being, they are saying that it's they're talking it like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Guys, it was good. It wasn't great, wasn't poor. It was a good match, but AEW Ward has look a little such... green in the ring, man. I'm sorry, Ward yeah, he did a little weak. They had to little speed weak. up the. I, I I really feel like something went off in the match because I feel like it got rushed. But yeah. it, any anyway, I don't I don't want to lose track here. So the AEW fans are are going to allow, and they have allowed botches. They've allowed mistakes. They've allowed things that if we saw it on a WWE program. I feel like they would be chewed to death. But because AEW has such uh, a loyal uh, fan base right now, and these people are just so happy to have a different product and enjoy seeing this, that I think they're getting a buy with they're getting by with a lot more than WWE can. And I think that their stuff is a little inflated. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think I think AEW gets away with a lot more. Uh, and I think that's simply just for the fact that I think a lot of fans are ready to get away from WWE. And I'm talking about the non-loyalist WWE fans, the ones that were just watching because they needed to watch wrestling. They just need another product to do well right now. And they're okay allowing little slip-ups here and there. Now, I'm accused of that too. I have even been one to be like, oh, they're a new promotion. It's cool. But if I go and see that same botch move on Raw, I'm like, fuck Raw piece of shit show you know like i i do the, I, I am one of those fans unfortunately yeah yeah well i just and i don't want to take away from their performance in the ring because i'll tell you that that moonsault off the top of the cage was pretty phenomenal and it and had executed me out of my seat. phenomenal oh he, he executed perfectly that perfectly and that's scary it when you're that started, high there's no guarantees when you're that high well and it all starts when he 
he stood up in the corner and he looked up and just selling it with his eyes that way. It was like, oh, yeah, is he really going to be crazy enough to do it? And he did. And I love that they did that on network television. They didn't save that for a pay-per-view. They did it on, on TNT. I, I thought it was amazing. I, I thought it was great. But I do know that, Josh, you can kind of pick apart things uh, very meticulously. What, what was your overall take on that match? I actually thought it was an overall an A, to be honest. I thought that it was a pretty good cage match. Uh, there was a couple things I didn't like about it, though, if you want me to actually pick it apart. I didn't like that the the cage itself wasn't as secure to the ring as it is in the WWE. Like, the fact that he fell in, in between the cage and the ring, it's just, like, not safe for them. You know what I mean? Like, you need to have that cage snug to where when they hit it, they're not going to fall. If they go outside of the ropes, they're not going to fall down and be in some awkward spot. You know what I gotcha. mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So they need more then, room to work with? No. I mean, like, the, the, they need to bring the cage closer because in the WWE, the cage ends right at the top of the fucking ring, like right at the bottom where they're, like, walking, whereas the AEW one went all the way down to the fucking floor. Problem with that is that's a that's a less safe ring for the actual performers themselves. Um, I mean, I, I guess the fans. I mean, who, who really cares? Because their cage was cool, but me watching, I'm like, eh, that's problematic, especially for a wrestling industry like AEW. To be honest, no, I agree. I, I want my I want my guys to be as safe as possible because I want to continue to watch them on on TV and not go six months without seeing. I can agree with Josh. That was the first thing I noticed when that cage came down. I was like, there's too mm-hmm. much gap between ring and cage. Like, yeah, if somebody but, falls yeah, in between that, somebody's going to get fucked up. It, it was like a quarter Hell in a Cell almost. Right. Okay, like, mm, that was going to be my next point was the Hell in a Cell. So go ahead, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of like what it was like because, I mean, the Hell in a Cell ring comes all the ways, ways down, but you can yeah. at least get out of the ring. This one c- cage came all the ways down, and it was just wide enough for you to fall. It's like, that's not, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. The cage itself looked cool. And I felt like it ended great. I felt like the moonsault was cool. I think people online are so fucking nuts for butts over AEW that they like that match <laughs> more than it should have liked. I mean, and that's what I was kind of getting to. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, the, the a, match it was, was a decent. decent cage match. It wasn't a great. It was a decent. And maybe a lot of people were like, "But that moonsault, though." Yeah, that was the only reason. If that moonsault never happened, it would have just been an okay cage match. You know, so if it weren't so for the moonsault. the overall problem here, though. AEW has to move to Monday night or Friday night or they will slowly die. Yeah, Ooh, interesting. Because Dude's no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to give a shit how good of a wrestling product you are if you're only wrestling against NXT. They're never going to be like the million dollar, you know, like the million viewers, two million views, three million views if they're going to stay competing against NXT. And here's the reason. Wrestling fans might like AEW, but if they're not really giving a shit about NXT, you're not having a war. That it's like that's like me saying, "Oh, hey, did you did you turn into TNA? They were on Monday." Yeah. Uh, no, I I didn't. Oh, but didn't that draw viewers from Raw? Um, uh, I guess maybe a couple. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like that's literally how it is. Like, sure, AEW they hold down the Wednesday the Wednesday night spot. And now AEW is coming through. But to be honest with you, if Charlotte Flair fucking moves to Wednesday night, AEW is going to be in a world of pain because I actually think that Charlotte Flair has enough curb appeal to bring NXT to that million viewer. 
That's the problem. That's, that's probably the same why problem they I've been saying. That's the same exact problem I've been saying since day one. AEW needs to figure their shit out because Jericho's not going to carry your fucking show, and neither is DDP. You can't be bringing in these fucking these. To be honest with you, Jericho is a, a top tier guy. Okay, but yeah. DDP is a beer is a B tier. He just is a B C tier, especially nowadays. Even in his prime, he was a fucking B plus tier. So you can't bring him in and be like, "Haha, now we got some legends too." Yeah, cool. You have Art Art Anderson show up, and you have DDP show up, and you're like, "Okay, cool." So you have these guys, but on on the real though, they're cool to us. But like, who the fuck's gonna know who they are? You know what I mean? Your average fan nowadays that's watching this shit, getting into it, is not gonna be like. Oh yeah, I remember DDP from WCW. No, yeah, you've no, you're you, right. you're, you've breached the age group now that you're reaching into stuff where you if you're gonna bring in those old guys, they have to have names, bro, because that generation like is finally dying. I feel like they're doing just that. I feel like it's a slow build with Moxley and uh, Adam Hangman Page. I think they're I think that's the direction they're going in with Mox and Page. They're slowly dying, but I think I think you're only as strong as your weakest link. And Chris Statlander is not going to carry that women's division. Uh, and, and as much as Nyla Rose, you know, they're trying to shake things up with her as the champion, it's not enough to carry the women's division right now. So I don't think they have enough in the women's division to keep enough gas in the tank to keep that engine running. But the slow build with Moxley and, and, and Hangman Page is there. It's just a slow build. While on the flip side, you got WWE with all this talent who they can just take off of Raw, put them on NXT, Slap a belt mm-hmm. on him, yep. and now yep. Dynamite's like shit. Like this slow build shit isn't working. Like and mm-hmm. Chris Statlander's not carrying us. Like neither Rose people. You know, like that shit isn't good enough, guys. Like it's not good enough. And so as much I, as Chris I Statlander's agree, got I some agree. appeal, it's not good enough. I agree to the extent that they need to continue to propel storylines because that's what they have. That's what <clears throat> AEW has that NXT doesn't. They have storytelling. NXT. Here's my case in point with NXT. I watched the last couple of weeks, and I wasn't interested. I watched TakeOver Portland, and they had me hooked. I come back, and I watch the follow-up to TakeOver, and it didn't seem like there was any connection. They didn't have me They didn't have me connected at that point. So their storytelling is, is really lagging. <coughs> AEW is good. But what I will say about AEW is they are building a Hagman Page, Kenny Omega uh, feud. Like You can feel it. There's something happening there. We don't know what it is. But how long are they going to sit on that? Because I'm telling you, a lot of the critics right now are saying we haven't seen the Kenny Omega from New Japan. We haven't seen the Kenny Omega and Okada type matches that that New Japan was offering. And no, we haven't at this point with AEW. But I do believe that we're going to see that happen with Hangman and Kenny Omega. It's just how long is it going to take? I think that will be their homegrown product. That will be their stone-cold moment that will push them to either – uh, uh, past this rating battle to where maybe they could compete with a Monday night, or if that doesn't work, let's just close shop and call it and say this was fun. And you know, Leland, it's, it's I'm glad you brought it up because, and, and I don't mean to take up because I know we're running out of time, but I'm glad you brought it up because people are starting to say online that a lot of this looks like it's Hangman Page going heel, but they feel like it's Hangman Page kind of trying to find himself, and yeah. that behind the scenes, this is pissing off Omega. And that he's going to be the one that does the heel turn and become that bout machine again. 
go back to being that type of wrestler. Like something's See, gonna and snap, and I'm like, you "Fuck, I've been carrying about you." That. Yeah. yeah, off air, you and I have talked about that, and I have no clue who's gonna go heel on this. But I just feel like when it happens, it's it's gonna be their moment, and they're not can, gonna it have can go to either way for me. I'm gonna be the one going heel. They're not gonna need an ex WWE star to put them over like they're using with Jericho at this point. They're gonna be able to do it with homegrown guys, right? Well, guys, I mean, with that, I love the cocktail shows. They are always fun. They start out hot. We we get you know I feel I feel a little sobered up now because we always get we always do this. We're like let's keep it lighthearted and let's keep it fun and let's let's get drinky drinks going. And then you know our passion, our wrestling passion comes out and we get and it almost sobers us up. So that's always a good point for me to remind the crowd and remind our our viewers to uh, whether you heal, whether you're babyface, you do you baby. Production.